Oh, it's lit. <laughs> we prime time. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a of steal. Gresky for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids, Price and Doherty. Bell in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D-Train, yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D-Train, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. You know what I ain't learned on this basis, though? I ain't learned. I ain't learned how to dang on put stuff up on a jumbotron, as we say. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no. We, we about, about to find, find out, out, though. All right. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports Film. Now, now, let me let me start off by saying this, man. Usually, all right, when, when it comes to the NBA draft, it's kind of like a Super Bowl in a sense for Cleveland, all right? We usually try to figure out who's going to help try to franchise and the front office is going to fumble the pick and do all that craziness. But right now, man, we seem to have a front office and coaching staff that really – it's building something special, or what could be special in Cleveland. And I think last night's draft and the Cleveland Cavs selection just supported that in a lot of different ways. So, now, how the NBA draft played out is so crazy, because if you catch one of my old episodes, I picked the first five picks Going exactly this way. way. Paulo at one, Chet at two, Jabari at three, Keegan at four, Jaden at five. And I, and I said that because I felt like those players fit those teams in those leagues. All right. Now, with Orlando, I mean, Orlando got a little squad over there. You know what I'm saying? You got Jabari and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. Added Jalen Suggs, you know, you, know, you got, got Franz Wagner and, and Isaac, uh, and, uh, Jonathan Isaac, and, and Terrence Ross, you know what I'm saying? You got your bigs down there, uh, Franz Wagner, and then uh, Mo Wagner, his brother, Wendell Carter. Uh, but, uh, but they didn't have a number one school. Um, and I felt like, you know, having a number one pick. You, you got to get somebody that brings a relatable, translatable skill, impactful skill, skill right now. And, and to me, Paulo was, uh, I guess, the quote-unquote LeBron of the draft. draft. Uh, 
Um, I, I think, think this is a deep, deep draft. draft. I think, I think a lot of these players that have long-term careers in my seat. But Paulo just fit what, what Orlando had. I, I expect him to start playing the four in the, the paint with Wendell Carter, with Franz at the three, Jalen at two, with Cole at the one. We're going to see what they do in free agency, though. They look attractive now. They may, you know, attract a better guard. Who knows? They could trade the John Wall and put him down there. You never know. But I like that picture. Chet Holmgren with two to OKC. I thought it was fine. OKC, like we lit the first round up. We don't get to that stage in a second. But I felt like Chet. Fits the, 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 the mentality and demeanor of the other players we saw over here with Shane Gilchrist, Alexander, and, and, and uh, uh, Josh Kidd, uh, Lou Dort, even Trey Mann, Darius Bates, I think his name is. You know, these guys, they they fit. He's going to go into his body. He reminds me a lot of Evan, how they talk about Evan. I think he got a lot of game. And he, and he got, got superstar, superstar potential game. game. And he, he ain't got, got the attitude for it. So, you know, you know I, I, I like him in OKC. He ain't got no pressure to, to, to for them to be winning right now. So he can go his game and go on his body. And they're going to be a force. Uh, three was Jabari Smith to the Rockets, which I felt like was a great fit. Um, them, because he can play the four and then they can start to go. And, and I think, I think uh, and, and I always mess up his name. Alspren, 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 Sabon, I just feel like, like he is a starter in the league. So you, so you put, put him at the five, you put, put Jabari Smith at the four, uh, you run Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., you know, or you run Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, five spikes, play three. Whatever, Whatever the case, though, you know, those four guys, I mean, they got Josh Christopher down there. They, they probably don't make a move on John Wall and, and uh, Eric Gordon. And, you, know, you, know, you know, so and I, I like what they got. Now, the, the most interesting part of this first round, especially this lottery, was the Sacramento Kings. And people wanted to know what Sacramento was going to do, what they should do, whatever their mentality is. However, that's going to go. And. I, I thought Sacramento, Sacramento needed to, to draft a player at four. Unless they got a ridiculous offer. And I felt like they needed to draft Keegan Murray. Because they say Keegan Murray is a three, is a four. I think he's a three. Um, but him in between Fox and Demontis Sabonis, I felt like this is a nice young core to be rocking and you, and you still, still got, got, you know, Harris and Barnes. You should probably play, play two through five, two through four. You know, know if you want to play Keenan at the four, four you, play, you know, you can do a quite a few things. They still got Dante DiCancelo. So, so I think, you know, they, they have a lot more talented team than they've been given credit for. But I think putting Keenan Murray in between Fox and Sabonis was wrong. So now you get the six. With, with Indiana, Indiana, and they, they take Benedict Matthew. And, and when they took, took this pick, pick what, what I, I thought was, hey, you know, he probably looked real good next to Tyrese Halliburton. Two lengthy guys who are going to run the floor, play some defense, one can facilitate, one can score. 
you know, they still got Miles Turner, whatever they're going to do with Mount Brown. You got Chris Dorsey down there. You got Jay Smith, who I like down there, too. Dwayne Washington Jr. coming off that bench. They got a few guys. So I like that pick for number 12. Portland was interesting. Because I guess Portland didn't really want to keep that pick, but they ended up taking Shane Sharp. Now, now Shane Sharp, to me, from, from what, what I've seen on his, uh, from his tape, remind me a lot of Tracy McGrady. Um, and, and so, so with that being said, said, you know, in the next three, three four, four seasons, we're going to see, gonna see what that shape is. Uh, uh, but, you know, you put him over there, you got Anthony Simons, so you play them on the wing, they got, they just acquired Jeremy Grant. I think they're in more of a position to trade for DeAndre Aiden than uh, Detroit is, even though Detroit got cap space. Uh, Portland got cap space, too. But I think them offering the package like Nurkic and Nasir Little, you know, and Josh Hart with a pick or something, just sound way more attractive than whatever Detroit do. Especially with Detroit, you know, not only is Jade Hyde, but you know, you know, using the pick, pick and, and turning that into Jalen Durant, uh, Durant too. Uh, Dyson Daniel seven or eight to the New Orleans Pelicans, which, which was probably the most ideal fit outside of Jalen um, to, to Detroit uh, because Dyson Daniel is gonna be a dog, bro. bro. I, I, I just really think he could possibly end up one of the top two players in this draft with the best career when it's all said and done. Especially putting him over there with CJ McCullough and Brandon Ingram and Messiah come back, Valachulis, and they're going to come off the bench for Herb Jones and Dante Graham. I just really think that was a fire. That was raw. I, I wanted Dyson Daniels to the Cavs, and then they really take out like that. that. Uh, uh, and now, uh, now, now mind you, I was, I was running the I was, uh, running a stream last night before, before things got crazy going over. over. And then as the picks was coming in, I was calling them up. And, and so when, when the Spurs came up, and people kept saying Jalen Durant, Jalen Durant, I'm like, man, Jeremy Sochow probably gonna go right here because. He, he fit, fit the forward mode that they would need. You know, you know all around guys can you know, play on the break, the defense, play on the break. You know, you know he can stretch it a little bit, got cold post moves, you know what I'm saying? Got nice length, nice height, nice athletic ability. ability. Um, and I just felt like, you know, he would go there, so he did. Washington picked at 10, they got John Davis, like kind of people expected. I don't, I don't know what's going on in Washington. I'm not going to try to speculate what the hell they're going on there. Uh, uh, we'll find out when free agents start in Bradley Hill, go public, whatever he's going to do. We really going to find out where they're at. They got the over there, though. They still got Hachimura, Elijah, Kyle Kuzma, KCP. You know, they got some little, so we're going to see. We're going to see what it turns out. 11, 12, and 13. Is where the draft got really interesting. Because this is where the OKC kind of took off the narrative a little bit that they were just tanking just to be tanking. 
so New, New York, York goes up to Pitt, and, and they pick Usman Jack. Now, now, if you was, was like, like me, when that, that pick came, came in, you said, why? Why, why is New York, York picking Usman Jack? Like, like, wait, what did we not know, know that they knew? knew? And, and then, then that, what a couple minutes later, you heard Walter Ball and say, hey, this pick is going to OKC for multiple first round picks. So, it wasn't that you keep going to OKC that caught my attention. It was the three first round picks that was attached that caught my attention. And I'm like, well, dang, I wasn't that high on my myself, but I mean, I mean, okay, she got, got a pretty good scouting department, if I say so myself. So, if they, they offering three first rounds with this guy, you know, know he must bring something really good to the table. table. And, and, you know, leading up to the actual draft day, he was gaining a lot of steam in that last week or two. So, he went there. Okay, she still had a pick at 12. And they said Jalen Williams. Oh, oh, man. man. Not, not, not Jalen Williams with a Y, not the seven. But Jalen Williams with an L from, uh, I mean, uh, from, from uh, Santa, Santa Clara. And, and, you know, know a, lot a lot of us Cavs fans have been voting him and talking about getting him and then, uh, really, really uh, uh, seeing how he, he would fit with his team. team. Uh, but I can't be shocked at OKC snuck in there and got him. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, you, you know, know so, so for them to walk out the, the lottery with Chad Holmgren, uh, uh, Usman James, and Jalen Williams from uh, Santa, Santa Clara, man, that was crazy, bro. bro. I'm like, they, they really willing to deal with it. At that point, I'm thinking like, bro, it's about, about to be some hell of five trades going on tonight, okay? So, I guess initially, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to figure out how this works. Somehow, somehow someway, the 13th pick turned into a three-team deal that included Charlotte drafting um, Jalen Durham and sending him to Detroit um, for a protected first-round pick. But, but Kemba, Kemba somehow left New York and ended up in, uh, in Detroit along in that deal. I don't know how, how they worked that. What up, man? You know, they did the fuck. Uh, I do be down. Number seven guys. They do all the tricks. But, um, but uh, I don't know how they But Jalen Duran ended up with Detroit along with Dana Ivey. Was, was probably was, that, that was, was incredible uh, because, because I'm looking at Detroit team, team you, know, you know, and, and I'm looking at, at Jaden Ivey, Kay Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Bay Lamar uh, Bagley, and, and then you add uh, and then, then you add uh, Jalen Durant. You still, still got, got Killian Hayes and, and Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart uh, essentially coming off the bench. Bro, that's crazy on the young squad. Like, that's, and, and and that's, that's, you know, you know, as a Cavs fan, that's made our division so much more crazier with the young talent. Because, I mean, Milwaukee right now is the cream of the crop, you know, with the Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday thing, you know. They only, what, a season removed, two seasons, a, season, a full season removed from being a champion for real. 
uh, or not even that. He just got dethroned. So, um, but then you still got Indiana who coming. You got uh, Detroit who coming. Then it's us, and then it's uh, who am I missing? Then Chicago. You know, in Chicago, you gonna see what they gonna do. I mean, it seems like Zach Levine going back. They got DeMar DeRozan. You get Alonzo Ball coming back. It's really gonna get crazy if they use Vucevic in a deal or however they do it, and they get Rudy, Rudy Gobert. We really gonna have problems in this division, all right? Um, but then you get the Cavs at fourteen, all right? And I know I went through that long little soliloquy, but this is what we really came for, all right? We came for these Browns. I mean, I'm sorry, for these Cavs, uh, you know, football, you die hard as a football fan. Uh, we came for these Cavs, though. The 14th pick. Now, when we get here, all right, essentially is Malachi Branham still on the board, Ochai Baji still on the board, Tony Issa still on the board, uh, EJ Liddell still on the board, AJ Griffin still on the board, um, uh, who was it? You know, uh, uh, Marjan Bochamp still on the board. Jaden Hardy still on the board. So the Cavs got, uh, you know, excuse my bad grammar, a plethora of options that they can go through. And they draft Ochai Baji. All right. So when I seen the pick, I just smiled ear to ear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this, to me, was perfect um you know i feel like you know as a as a Cavs fan i've been watching the Cavs since like 90 91 you know what i'm saying you know when it was um uh mark price and craig elo and steve kerr um you know they had just picked drafted a young john battle acquired hot rod williams and they had brad doherty down there with uh uh what's my other guy uh, was it Tyrone Hill? Uh, no, no, not Tyrone. No, that wasn't Tyrone. Not Tyrone Hill. What? What is? The, it was Hot Rod, Brad Doherty, and Larry Guy, Nance. Larry Nance. How did I forget Nance? I'm so sorry. And Larry Nance. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, you know, so I've been watching this team for a long time, and they always try to do what they feel like is outsmarting everybody else with the draft picks getting all extra crazy and sexy and whatever the case. And they didn't do that last night. You know what I'm saying? They stayed in their position, they analyzed the board, and they took the best fit for the team. Um, and that's what I felt like Ochai is because he brings you an athletic 3 and D guy that you can plug and play in right now. Um, we're not asking him to become the star. We got Mobley. We got, At we got Mobley. We got Garland. Or Sexton for that to be the star, however that's gonna play out. Um, but we need a guy that could complement what they do and help bring out or accentuate more what they do and make it more dominant. So I liked it, the Abaji pick um, like crazy. And uh, listen, I am so looking forward to the summer league right now. So with me saying that, all right, I brought up a few speakers. I got my boy Brian up here. Uh, my boy, let me say Harem, my boy Boy, he up here. And uh, let me get y'all feedback and y'all thoughts on that on that uh, draft and how things going on so far with the Cavs. Go ahead, Harem. Hello? Hello? 
Yeah. I'm sorry about that. What's going on? What's good with y'all? How you feeling? Finding yourself. I'm uh, good. I'm good, bro. Good. Um, the draft. He wouldn't have been my pick. Um, I one thing I didn't know about him was the fact that I didn't know I did not know he had a 16 wingspan. He wouldn't have been my pick, but I refer I defer to the Cavs because they know more. Um, in my opinion, the Cavs have enough outside shooting. They need more shot creators to free up the outside shooting. Um, they need somebody who can put the ball on the on on the on the on the deck and get to the basket. And uh, this guy, he does not do that. Um, from my standpoint, the outside shooting is fine. Um, the most important thing right now is you got to get Sexton long term. You got to sign that guy long term, man. And uh, you got to get a backup point guard and a backup center. That's it. And I, the only other question that I would have with this team is, is JB good enough to be imaginative enough on offense to be a good head coach to bring this team together into to a championship style? And for I, I and uh, and as uh, as I've said many times on Twitter, I've never seen an NBA coach that doesn't know how to use a bench as worse as bad as JB. That question has come up a lot today. Um. I'm a Brian. How you how you feel about that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my, I'm gonna let Brian go. Please, on please do. On which part? On uh, the JB, yeah, on the JB, um, and uh, his utilization of the team as he is right now. Well, first of all, every coach, every young coach that's a first time makes his mistakes, right? I mean, this is a really a first full time head coaching position he's had, and they all make. Mistakes. But in his defense also, if you think about it, he never really had a chance to settle in on any kind of rotation last year because it was a revolving door with injuries and COVID. So it's hard to get a feel when you have to go so long with, you know, this guy's missing, that guy's missing, this guy's out two weeks, this guy's out three weeks. Um, he, he, they're bringing up G-leaguers to play. So it's kind of tough to settle in on a rotation now. With the complement of players in the season they came off of last year, I think he'll have a better handle on that this year coming in with a full training camp. And I also believe that the hiring of Luke Walton to come in and kind of orchestrate the offense is going to help tremendously too. Because JB's calling card has been a defensive guy, okay? And if you look at the Cavs, they finished, what, fifth defensively last year? The year prior, they were 28th. So that's a massive leap in one year with rookies and inexperienced guys. Well, I say rookie because Mobley was your rookie. Everybody else was inexperienced. And that's the other part of the equation. Jared Allen, um, Darius Garland, even a coral marketing. These guys played more minutes than they ever have in their lives. So, you know, that's where the inexperienced part came around. And towards the end of the year, you saw that breakdown. Because I've, I've said this, you know, uh, a number of times, the body has to match the mind. Well, if the mind doesn't know what it's in for, it can't prepare the body. So eventually it, that's that wall that we talk about that these guys hit. Um, so now that they got that out of the way, 
and they gotten healthy over you know uh, over the summer coming to a training camp with you know your full pleather of uh options to use that and with the hiring of luke walton i think that'll solve a lot of those rotational issues that you were pointing out uh, i'll push back on him on a on a couple of things if i may no disrespect first of all this isn't jb's first job full-time job he was a head coach he was an interim coach a couple of times in houston being one and he was a head he was a uh a, a uh, interim slash full and and full time job in Memphis, um, but his rotational issues go far beyond last year. I mean, the shuffling in and out. What, what he did to Dylan Windler when Chetty Osmond just fell off the wagon was an embarrassment. I mean, not playing Kevin Love what five ten minutes in the in the in the play in game when he's been he's a candidate for six man of the year. I mean, I can go on and on and on. You shouldn't have, I mean, look at how Memphis with all those injuries, they had a system in place at times and they still won. That's what you needed to do here. And and, and quite frankly, JB just hasn't, hasn't, hasn't done a good enough job at that. And, and, and that's something that, that has been going on since ever since he's been head coach. It wasn't just last year. And I remember complaining about it even the year before. I understand that they were short of talent, I understand that they had injuries. However, there, there's no excuse to be shuffling. You, you know, you, you don't know what guy is going to play. And guys need to know if they're going to play or if they're the rotation. And they didn't even know that. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, a, uh, it was a lot of different things with JB that, that most good coaches do not do. But, uh, but I, I don't want to – and I, I understand what he was saying and so forth and so on, but it goes well beyond what he was saying. My, well, my other – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, before you go to your other point, I would say to what you were just saying, uh-huh. um, it's, you know, everybody's learning curve is different. And it's a difference when you're taking over a situation versus you're helping build the situation from scratch. So when we say JB is still a young coach, because he's still a young coach in that aspect, this is the first time he's been able to build a team to his identity, to, to the way he thinks. All right. And that's not true. That's not true. That's, but that's not true. I just wanted to tell you that's not true, but I go, I'm not interrupting you. I'm just saying that's not true. Go ahead. I got you. Um, so, you know, and the shuffling matters because it's hard for me to find a role for you and see how the role I got out outlined in my mind for you and how it works for this other player. It's hard to see that when one of y'all not available or both of y'all not available. Like it's hard for me to really see what that is. So it's easy to say, okay, because I didn't see it, let's scratch this and let's do that. But everything builds with continuity and familiarity and mm-hmm. consistency. And one thing no Cleveland franchise can afford is to keep reshuffling because you trying to do this and do that. And Absolutely. one thing I ask people is, is the Cavs are the Cavs contending for a title this year? Um, no. if, if you no. ask me, if Go you ahead. ask me, if you ask me, if they can resign Sexton and he is back to his old self, absolutely they should be a contender for the title or yes. to go deep in the playoffs. Title. All right, you got a lot of high hopes. So as a Cleveland fan, I have no problem with you feeling like that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't see them as a this year contender. 
I see him as a next year because I need to see what that team is like <laughs> as whole with everybody playing together. Fair so enough. I expect them, like, you got to crawl before you walk. Y'all got to the play-in. Y'all didn't get actually into a playoff series. So mm-hmm. I need to see how you act in a playoff series when you're being dissected seven games. You see what I'm saying? I understand I what you're saying. That and then see how that matches up to, okay, get into a championship. I understand. I understand. Uh, um, all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. My man, go ahead. And then I'll just wrap up after he finishes. I'm sorry. No, I, was about to say, I was just about to ask you. You had a secondary question. I was just about to say that. Um, um, like I said, I think um, uh, uh, the the whole point about JB, before I get to my, the, I'll just say this about the things that we're talking about with JB, it's like um, learning how to ride a bike, man. It's 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 English 101. You should know how to do this at this stage as a head coach. I think that's the that's why people get angry and what I'm talking about with JB. I mean, welcome to the NBA when you're talking about injuries and this, that, and the other. It's this. I mean, like for instance, he is say I'm benching Chetty Osman. Okay, I, I, we gonna go. With, but then he'll give Dylan Windler if he passes on the shot, he benches him. And go back to Chetty. You can't do that. You can't do that. Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree it's, that. It's, it's, it's things like that that he did that you absolutely cannot do as an NBA head coach. It's just there's no way because you're confusing the players and you're confusing yourself and you're making a mess out of things. That's And he, he continuously did that for a couple of years. But like okay. I said. So I, I have and, a question. Okay. Are you ready to move on from him and fire him? I, I I said this. I I said this in Detroit. You know, I said this on Twitter. I said if I could have gotten the guy from Utah by a Quinn who had a similar team, I would have fired JB. I do I remember you saying that. Mm-hmm. I would have fired JB. I I I've seen enough. I mean, I'm not saying that he's a bad coach, and I do appreciate his defense. But the imagination, the 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 you know stuff that it was things that you ought to know. And what what irritated me was how they did Colin Sexton at the beginning of the year was in an embarrassment. And I and I don't think that was JB. I think that was Kobe and and all those guys because they were well, afraid they that. Well, they did a lot of different things. First of all, in the off season, they tried to trade him because he was going to ask for too much money, and and they were pivoting towards Garland. Then they wanted to take um, wanted the Fedor said that they were having meetings on whether they wanted to bench him. Then when the game started, they told him he couldn't close games. Then they took the ball out of his hands and tried to limit him and they benched him. And, and I mean, they did him dirty, man. They were trying. They were basically trying to lower his value. You go and they look li- at the stat. So you're telling um, me they literally told him all of this stuff. They told him he cannot close games. They told him that. They JB told them. JB told the media, we told him he cannot close games. I mean, what was the reason? What was the reason why he couldn't close games? What I mean, what? Because he's good at it? <laughs> I mean, you telling me you would rather lose, you you want to lose games in order to make Garland look good? I mean, is it that important? I mean, if Garland is a great player, let him show that he's a great player with another great player, if I'm not mistaken. You ever known that a, a great player to say, oh, I'm coming into a new situation. You got you to gotta put that guy to the side who was also a great player. Great players don't do that. Well, you'll have to excuse me then because I I did not hear or see any of that. So I must yeah. have missed it. 
where okay, Jason well, literally I, went to the media and said, I told yeah. Colin he can't close games. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of wrong. Hey, yeah, boy, and, 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 and that doesn't really you, sound like him. If you got um, the receipts for that, um, the video or anything like that that you could bring up from the archives, definitely bring it up and post it. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's it, it, it was definitely out there, but I'll just say if you if you think I'm wrong, I mean not that I'm wrong. I know I'm right because I remember hearing it. They not only and I heard that they even told the media don't ask questions on why we're doing it. Okay, but if you think you think people think what I'm saying because I've had people challenge me on this, go and look at Colin Sexton's numbers. His go they go and look at his numbers across the board. The first mm, on the on the West Coast trip. Look how few shots he took. Look at the few minutes he played, and look at the his numbers were way down, thirty to fifty percent, way down, because all right. they all across the board. I mean, and, and I'll just leave it like that. If they're serious, and, and I'm gonna leave you with this, D. Trent and my man. Look, if they're serious about winning a title, I'm just gonna leave you with this. Darius Garland has to be the number three. He's not a number one or a number two. Okay, you got to have a number two, uh, a, a, two a, 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 a wing player that's better than Darius Garland, along with Mobley blossoming into Anthony Davis when you're serious about winning a title. I, I can't say it. I can't explain it. You don't have to be second. If you don't want Sexton, that's fine, because I see Sexton as a 25 to 27 point guy. Okay, that's that's the way I see it. And if you don't want him, fine, but you got to get somebody as good, if not better than him, and you have to have Mobley blossom into Anthony Davis to put Garland as a number three. Garland is not what the Cavs think he is. He's an okay, excellent okay, player. Wait, wait, hold on. First off, I want to thank you for coming up and sharing these thoughts because thank you, faces, bro. We, you know, what I'm saying we we all throw in our ideas and see how this works and, and get to and see how everybody else thinking about it. Now I want to swing this around because I know a few people got a few thoughts on this. So my thank man, you. Have a good one. You know, what I'm saying YouTube boy, stay in and you know share it. Get your people. To yes, come sir. For a second, for sure. Yes, sports talk industry sports with D Trent. You know, what I'm saying talking Cleveland sports post NBA draft talk. My man Andrew up on the spaces trying to give us to uh, get put his thoughts in on the situation. So Andrew, go ahead, take the floor. Yeah, thanks, D. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, just, just wanted to, to to touch a little bit on that uh, for for Colin Sexton. So just from at least from what uh, I could see, the like he like Colin Sexton, we taking him a lot off the ball and he was really kind of struggling just with a new role in this season about playing off the ball. And I think he was starting to adjust and I know his numbers were down for a little bit, but he was just really trying to find his new, <clears throat> his new role in the, you know, with our new, new lineup with uh, Laurie and Mobley and, um and and Jared Allen and I, I really think he only played 11 games and he was kind of struggling and as soon as he was trying to starting and trying to hit his stride he got injured right so do you think that his trying to find his role and him not really kind of understanding where he fits in was the big issue and the decrease in his numbers I don't um so first off Andrew great point um and 
on this Colin Saxon vibe. Um, it's always an adjustment period when you're doing something new. Um, and that's something that I don't hold against people because when you're used to doing something a certain way, all right, and then you have to switch it up, you know, you have to be allowed that adjustment period because it's not just about what everybody else sees. You're the person who's actually in the position. So if you don't see it, it doesn't matter what nobody else sees. All right. And I personally think um, he was doing well in that role. I think the issue was, and I think people forget this too. Garland and Saxon started a whole lot the previous year together, uh, which was, uh, I think that ended, was that the COVID year? Um, they played a lot together. Um, and the problem with that situation was Darius Garland wasn't showing up. Sexton was showing up. Darius Garland wasn't showing up. And, you know, like you were said, once he started to get there, then Sexton got injured. I don't, um, I like them two starting together. I think Colin moving off ball helps his game uh, more than having him on ball. So as much as I'm down with him being the sixth man, I also think, like he said, until you find somebody who can bring in that production or better, uh, man, he kind of got to start at the two because I know for a fact he going to give me buckets. And I know for a fact in the backcourt he's going to take pressure off Darius Garland regardless of what another defense tries to do. And then when you add, a, a, you know, what you bring with a Mobley, what you can bring with a Jared Allen, you know, what's possibly, possibly you can get from whoever you got playing the three, Lori Marketing, or Ochai, Okoro, Levert, however that goes, all right? Um, I just feel like all of that is started because you got young boy down there. And, you know, over the season, we seen that. I mean, how many situations we said, damn, Colin Saxton will really go hard right now. Well, okay. Um, to the first point about the first 11 games, that whole team was trying to figure things out. It wasn't just Colin. That was a new thing to everybody across the board. Think about it. Jared Allen steps into a full-time starting role. That's number one. Darius Garland steps into a full-time starting role at the point. That's number two. Marketing, a full-time starting role at the three, which he didn't play a lot of, but it was JB and Kobe's vision to go big. That was um, a learning curve. And then you got the Rook in Mobley, who's never played in the NBA, so he had things to figure out. So there, everybody across the board was adjusting to everything. From what I saw in that 11-game sample, excited me. Because you got to remember this. Now, we all know that Colin is a legitimate NBA scorer. We know he can score the basketball. No question. But it takes more than one guy. And what the Cavaliers were trying to do last year, which they actually accomplished for a really good long stretch there, when that team was on fire, okay, before all the injuries and COVID hit and Rubio went down, that was pretty much the beginning of the end. You had nine guys in double figures. Nine. Now think about that for a minute. What NBA team has nine guys in double figures? Nobody. So that means you can get scoring from anywhere at any time, and you never know who the main guy is going to be on any particular night. 
It could be Mobley one night, Allen the next night. It could be uh, Garland the one night. It could be Sexton the other night. That's how you keep teams that are scouting you off balance because now they got to prepare for everybody. So that aspect is sort of borderline brilliant when you think about it. Um, I think that was mainly due to the playmaking, right? Just because if you have – the reason why that was is because the playmaking with Garland and uh, Rubio was so good that they could set up all those guys to get double-digit nights. And that's where I was going to go next. Oh, sorry, buddy. Apologies. To Hiram's point about Darius Garland being a third option, bro, no way. This team goes nowhere without that kid doing what he does from the point guard position the way he did it last year. And what a lot of people forget is he spent time with Popovich and that U.S. Olympic team and all of the the better players for those couple of months, and he learned a lot, and he shined. He shined over there. So, yeah, this team goes nowhere. I don't care if Colin goes out and averages 35 points a night without Darius Garland, the Cavs go nowhere. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Go ahead. Who got something to respond to that? Go ahead and respond. I I want to I, I would say that I 100% agree. Like I don't think like uh Hiram was speaking that uh, Colin is a you know 25 to 27 point scorer. Like do you the only reason how he could get more of a ceiling on that is he'd have to up his three production. Like he'd have to shoot at least how many do you think? He'd have to have at least three or four made threes a game. So he'd have to shoot, what, six or seven, eight at least a game? Do you, like, is that is that in Colin Sexton's game? Do you think he'd do somewhere, that? Somewhere around that vicinity and around a 39 to 42% mark. But that And that's not inconceivable for him either. He's got the talent to do that. And in fact, his three-point shooting percentage has improved um, pretty much every year he's been in the league. But the point is, the Cavaliers are set up to do this, all right? You, you, we all have to keep this in mind. Because I asked this question to the panel a couple of days ago. Match up the Cavaliers. Go through the entire East, the entire Eastern Conference, and match to each team up with us. There is a weakness on every team we could exploit because of how big we are. And now, because we are going to get calling back, and now we're a little bit better on the perimeter with OGI truly believe that and also this is going to be a key factor to keep your eye on luke walton they brought him in to be the offensive coordinator so to speak and i truly believe you're going to see a lot better offensive flow from the cavaliers for a consistent run because if you think about it in the interim when they were on that long run starting what late november through almost the mid-january they were just blowing teams out of the building. There was a lot of continuity, a lot of flow. But it kind of hit a ceiling, too, though, because they were kind of limited in their offensive game and their offensive skill because they didn't play together long enough to develop more. You see what I'm saying? It's like a quarterback in football. You give them half the playbook, and you expand the playbook game by game or year by year. And that's when he gets to the top of his level, if that makes sense. So that's why with the addition of Luke Walton, and the, the one-year experience that everybody has with each other last year coming in, and they're coming in together again, you're going to see a tremendous improvement. I have a question for you guys. So if you have Ochai, our, our newest, 
our newest uh, Cavalier, beloved Cavalier. Colby Altman says he views Ochai as a two, not a three. So now we have, and by the way, D, love your use of plethora. Awesome. Uh, we have a plethora of people at the two. We've got Colin. We've got Karis. We've got Okoro, who's more of a two. And now we have Ochai. And the question is, we only have Laurie Markkinen at the three, and he's not even a real three, right? He's going to slot into uh, probably Kevin Love's role after Kevin Love moves on, or you know, maybe hopefully we can keep him until his retirement on a much smaller contract. But how do we solve the three? That's the question. What do you guys think? Well, for me, Ochai being at the two, which I believe is a perfect spot for him, because uh, I made this comment earlier um, when Joe was running in space and D was in there. You guys remember me saying this. When watching the clips on this kid and actually watching him, because I remembered I had to jog my memory of watching the tournament. The ball hits his hands, man. It's up in the air. So that's hard to defend. In other words, it, it, as soon as he catches it, he's ready to fire it. And he shoots it with conviction. And you can tell just by the way the, the rotation of the ball leaves his hand and the buckets that he was making at 41 42%. So he, that's the perfect fit for him. With him at the two and the return of Colin Sexton, you can now take Okoro and pretty much put him back in what I believe to be his natural spot at the three behind marketing. How do you feel about that, B? So listen, I like – because I think Okoro is a three, man. People keep saying he a two. Oh, we going to play him at the two, right? Nothing about Okoro's game is a two. And I, you know, a lot of people get hung up on how skills and and uh, and, how, and size measurables uh, translate to what a person's position is. But I feel like your position is your skill set. You know, well, he had to play the two out of necessity last year, too. Don't forget, we ran out of bodies there. No, we definitely ran out of bodies there. And I, um, and you know, right now, what what keeps me from wanting a Coral to play any type of uh, uh, shooting guard role is because his lack of imagination on offense. And that's what I call it. Cause I think he got the skill set to do it. I think he can, but his mind don't think like that. You know what I mean? So until he starts doing that, I like it because that's a good offset. I come off with a seven footer, you know what I'm saying? That's a mismatch on offense. And I come back and I follow up with a defender that can do his thing. Ochai behind um Sexton or Sexton behind Ochai. Well, I think it's Ochai behind Sexton. I like that too, though. You know what I'm saying? Because once again, I got a guy who gonna give it to you off the dribble, penetrate, finish at the rim, and then I got a three and D guy coming back that's gonna still give me transition work. You know what I'm saying? But got a more more fluent jump shot from long range. So I, I like that. Anybody? Come on, chime in. I see uh, I've got a light in here. You know what I'm saying? Welcome in. Detroit game. What's up? How's everybody What's doing good? today? We good, baby. What's popping with you? Uh, I got in here a little late. I apologize. Handling business. You know how that is. But uh, anybody see uh, Wendy's report today? And what do you think of it, if you did? You talking about that? Le- now I didn't want to try to bring this up in the space because you know we get talking about LeBron and people get to going crazy and nah 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 nah. You know how I'll I am. Say- I like to stir the pot, so you know, Brian and yeah. I are probably like, "Oh God, here he is again." 
So I'll say I'll say this. Um, seeing LeBron break the all-time scoring record in the Cavaliers jersey is something I'm a true fan of. Um, you know what I'm saying? But that is just that aspect of it, just for how sports media be trying to play Cleveland and all that. Like that, that would just be so fire to me. Um, LeBron playing a three for this team isn't a bad idea, neither. Um, the problem is, if I got a trade for him, I don't want him. If I have to trade for LeBron and give up anything to get him, I don't want him. If he want to end his contract and come over here and just play within whatever money structure we got, because you don't need the money. So if it's just about getting your scoring title and, you know what I'm saying, and just win another one with the Cavs as is, just helping this young team keep it on so that way we ain't got to worry about keeping them, breaking them up or nothing, then I'm yeah. cool. I think that was a basic part of it, but the only thing is, you know, like you were saying, you they wanted to wait till 23 when they wouldn't have to make a trade for him, but the question is, how are you going to clear out that cap space to get him? And that would be the issue, because he's going to want to get Look. paid no matter what, obviously, and you got young guys to consider, like you guys were just talking about the young bull, you know, do we keep Colin Sexton, do we keep, you know, some of these other guys? I mean, if we do... LeBron's out of the picture, pretty much. Probably, I, heard I wouldn't Wendy's be. Report. I wouldn't be upset by that. I heard Wendy's report, and and here's the thing: and everybody is forgetting this aspect of it. He wants to play with his son. His contract expires when his son comes into the league. So wherever his son gets drafted, he just might end up going. So don't forget that element. Actually, I was just about to bring that up before you got in there, Brian. I was about to say now if if we don't draft Junior then we might only have him for one year. You know what I mean? Depending on when Bronny Jr. comes out, you know? Well, his contract with L.A. expires when his son comes into the league. That's two more years from now. Right. His son's a, a senior in high school. So basically, we probably would be doing a one-year rental because, let's face it, everybody and their mother is going to try to go after his son in the draft. And we're not going to be anywhere near, hopefully, the top of the draft if we got LeBron and you know on our team. So... Definitely would be uh, something to think about. Chill. Come on in. Jump in here. Okay. So think about this aspect, right? I understand that, you know, the Lord LeBron is a big thing, right, right, right. But I'm saying he'll be damn near 39, like 39 years old, 38 years old. Like that, that to me kind of is like when it's like, whoa, there. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he want to put somebody I mean I mean at his age, even though he is great and athletic and all that stuff, right? All that, right? Good for the team, good for leadership, all that. It's just the fact that, right, they say his son might be a second round pick. That's what these scouts are saying, these executives, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. It was like how good will LeBron really be at that time though? Like time doesn't stop for anybody, you know? And like at that time he'll be damn near forty. You know? Like Yeah, he's already breaking down. He broke down this year. First yeah, time like, in his career, he missed games because of injury. Yeah, chunks of injuries to the leg, to to yep. his, like all that stuff. Like to me, he, he's going to slow down, and the injuries, more injuries are going to come up. Yeah, that's why I say, like y'all, I'm I'm cool under the Brian train. Right now, I'm trying to see. Um, oh, before I go to that, I'm so glad 
that Brian, you brought up the um the lukewarm point because for some reason it kept being on the tip of my mind, but it was not what came out my mouth. Okay, and to to add further to that, I want to give credit to JB and Kobe Altman because if anybody remembers, right after the season ended. They came out, I say about a month later, six weeks later, and said, we're going to add to this coaching staff. We're going to do something different. Um, it was also in the press that they said they need to be more creative on offense. And then here comes the Luke Walton signing. Um, I like Luke Walton um, for a few reasons. For one, him and JB got kind of the same issue. All right. They're sons of former greats of the NBA. Um, they both had, you know, their various coaching stints. And, uh, you know, one is good at coaching offense. One is good at coaching defense. So, you know, opposites attract. Uh, they usually mesh pretty well when utilized right. Um, and I feel like that is something that could work really well. Now, hopefully there is no underlying thing where, you know, Luke Wall in this position to take over on some old craziness because we don't need no more drama in Cleveland with our coaching staffs. All right. Players, we probably could, but coaching staff, we don't need no more drama with that. Um, so I, you know, I feel like the offense is going to take a turn for the better. And to me, it's got to start with Laurie and Karis coming off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's – I'm just – to me, when you can come off the bench with a Karis LeVert, a Isaac Okoro, uh, and a, um, and a Lori Marketing, I mean, you – listen, you got two guys that could give you 20 or 30. Easy. Definitely at least 15. And you got a defensive athletic guy who can play the wing. You know what I'm saying? It's offensive game growing. Man, look. You know, so I like I say, um, I, I think the offense gonna do better. Um, it's just you know, what is that JB gonna do? Like, what is the ideal? What is the what is the, what? Let me ask y'all this, right? What is the ideal starting lineup and bench lineup for this team to be a title contender? As is, as as is, yeah, as well, is. Well, I, I told you guys how I feel. Um, I, I, I go with uh, Darius, Karras, and the big three, marketing Allen and Mobley. And I, and I feel I bring um, Colin off the bench. Now you got Ochai off the bench. You still got Kevin Love off the bench. You still got Okoro, Lamar Stevens. And it all depends on how summer league goes, whether or not we're going to get anything out of the second rounders that we drafted. Now I know the one second rounder they already said – He's a, a, a grabbing stash. They're going to leave him in Europe. They've already said that. So depending on what Mobley or Jock can give you, depends on whether or not they can be like a backup to the center or maybe the, the three or the four. I'm not expecting that. Okay. Um, I'm expecting them to be maybe two-way players uh, between the G League and when we need them up here. But what, what the way you're set up right now as is, I, I think that's the lineup to go with because – Colin coming in off the benches could be that lightning rod that Rubio was, if you think about it, along with love. So 
I think that's the best course of action because when that was in motion last year, again, remember they were just, they were killing people because you've now eliminated Jetty Osmond and you got Ochi in that, in that role for me. See what I'm saying? So now you move Okoro coming in off the bench into his natural position for Lori. And I don't think Okoro's ready to take over the starting position from Lori. I just don't. So I think that's the best option. And let me let me say this too, Brian, because as soon as you left the other space, uh, wait, hold on one second, Chill. Mm-hmm. Chill, you agree with that? I do agree. Um, to me, I think, uh, in my opinion, I mean, we don't know if Rubio's going to come back either. So that to me, that's a big factor as far as like our guard rotation goes. Um, and if he doesn't come back, you can easily do like Sexton and then somebody else off the bench with him easily. Or like Sexton and Ochai off the bench or like Sexton and Ochai or Koro or whatever, right? Um, and you can yeah, don't forget him. Lamar Stevens. You get oh, Lamar, Lamar Stevens also, <laughs> which I mean, sometimes Lamar can probably, I can probably say, I mean, you can probably sometimes switch between small forward and power forward at times, depending on the matchup goes, you know. And I um, totally forgot about my boy Dean Wade. And Dean Wade's <laughs> also there too, yeah. So I mean, they got depth. Yeah, we do. I mean, we got like probably three guys at least, almost at every position that can really fill in. And fill in, or that, or, or they're at least in, like interchangeable in, the, in you know in their roles. So, to me, I think Jamie's gonna have an interesting time going over Luke Walton and the other coaches after uh, Greg uh, Butner with um, this whole entire rotation and lineup's gonna be concerned. They're definitely gonna have some meetings on that and see who plays what. And can I, I, can, can I can I make a comment real quick, guys? Just real quick. Oh yeah. It's, it's unrealistic to think Colin Sexton is going to resign and agree to come off the bench, guys. <laughs> You're talking about a 24-point scorer at 22 years old with excellent efficiency and an underrated passer. He was damn near 25-5, and five, guys. And I, you think I, he's – hold on. I, you think yes, he's going to agree? Yes. He's not – He's not coming off the bench. He's not going to resign and come off the bench. Forget that. Can I tell he's you not. Can, can I tell you why I think so? He's not. I, but, his agent is I, saying that he's not. But uh, I can I tell you why I think so? Hold on, boy. Hold on, boy. Let him, let him get his thoughts in. Can okay. I tell you why I think so? Okay. All right. Um, me, um, Tim, Guiding Light, and Artie, we run a space called the OGs of Cleveland Sports. And we okay. had Chris Fedor in there. Uh, a couple okay. of days ago, okay. at the end of, at the end of the interview, I waited. I waited till the very end. I asked the last question, and I went right at Chris, and I gave him my theory, and I asked him his thoughts about Colin coming off the bench, and it was a three part question, or two part question. A, would he do it, right? And B, would he accept it? Now, doing it and accepting it are two different things. And Chris Fedor said verbatim, Colin will do whatever is asked of him to do because all he wants to do is win. And if J.B. Bickerstaff went to him and said, Colin, it's not about losing your spot. It's about where we can maximize uh, the team and we can maximize your skills and, and everything else like that. Chris Fedor said verbatim, as well as I know Colin, 
he would gladly accept that role. So no, what I no would. way, no way. Colin, Colin is is telling folks his agent came out and said, "We are looking for twenties starting." And, and you, it's right there on Twitter. We're looking for starting guard money in the twenties starting. I mean, they didn't they didn't mix mix words in here. So when you put guys on the bench, right? You're cutting into their finances. People don't understand this. Guys don't just say, oh, okay, you know, it's about winning. It's about the team. I want to start. I want to be the best that I can be, and I want to help the team win. You don't take a 22-year-old who averages damn near 25 and 5 and say, you know what? We're just gonna cut put you, we're gonna put you on the bench now because it's all about the team. You're cutting into his finances too. Right. You can't forget that. Wait, so, so, all right. Now, and so this point was brought up, and it, and it, and it's really true. All right. Basketball is not football. All right. So when you come off the bench, it depends on your position. All right. And what he said was the sixth man. Now, I don't know a championship team that didn't have a valuable sixth man. All right, because that that six man player plays starter minutes, so right. so it's about utilization, more right. ego. All right, yeah, I could start you, mm -hmm. all right, and you could do numbers, but I could bring you off as a six man. And bro, and I've said this a few times, so and this is where I'm like, I want him to start, but I ain't caring if he come off the bench because I said Colin Sexton could lead the league in scoring. And could possibly get MVP votes as a six man for this Cavs team because of how it's structured, because of how because of how it could be utilized. He and he's a closer. So I'm with you, bro. Colin Saxon is definitely worth twenty million dollars a year. At the same token. Oh, over twenty. Yeah, over twenty, but, 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 but you you seen me, bro. You seen my post where I said I would give him one twenty five to one fifty. But I yes. also but also too. I understand that he's 22. So, right was 22. Now, I could be getting him at a bargain or I could be getting him at an overpriced. So, where do I meet in the middle? But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, D. Here's the thing. When you talk about a six man, six men aren't getting, they're not getting in the 20s. That, the highest six man salary is like 18, 18 million. Okay. You're talking about guys who Colin Sexton has been better than. Check out the numbers. I can give you Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, uh, De De uh, Mitchell. I can give you Devin Book. All, he has been as good, if not better, than all these guys. Okay? These guys are getting $33 million per and they're asking him to, t who he's been as good as, to take even half of their money. You want to give, I've been at, that's like, D, I do the same thing you do. If I was doing the same thing you did, I'm as good. I get all the accolades as a chef and so forth and so on. So I, I you get paid $200,000 and I have more credentials and you, and I'm getting a hundred thousand dollars. How yeah, the hell is that fair? It don't make no sense. No, I got you. Wait, hold on, boy. Let me get. Uh, let me get. Andrew. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you good, bro? Just hit your mute for me right quick. Let me. Okay. Get back background noise. Uh, we gonna go to Andrew, and then we gonna swing and chill. All right. Well, chill was first. If he wants to go, 
That's all right. No, chill the host. He gonna get a lot of floor time. He cool. Chill okay. He's gonna get a lot of floor time. No worries. No worries. So, like, if I were the Cavs, like, I, I understand, um, you know, when people say that Colin is worth 20, 20 million a year. Like, I completely understand that. If you look at, I think, uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Braden. Uh, he put out a list of guys who are making twenty million dollars a year, and maybe this was like a uh, like a, a cherry picked list, but Colin was definitely better than all those dudes. The thing is, if you're the Cavs, like you're pretty much trying to uh, bid against yourself at this point. Like one the one of the the teams that uh, we'd be really scared would good to come and get Colin was Detroit. And now with after the, the draft, they're looking like, I don't think anything less of it, but everybody's saying that they are not looking very much at Colin Sexton anymore. So like, honestly, who else is going to get Colin at this point? So what they would do is they would just give him a qualifying offer and then they would match anybody else that would put up anything about it, keep him as a tradable last. And then they would keep, uh, access to their full level exception, sorry, their mid level exception, and then they could sign Rubio on that. So, like, what what do the Cavs? What is the why would the Cavs offer Colin Sexton more that would completely eliminate all of their salary cap flexibility? It doesn't make any sense. Chill. To me, we got two teams that are pretty much, I say, desperate for. Uh, Colin Sexton and uh, his services. I think Washington, to me, is very, very close to looking at Sexton because Bradley Beal basically has indicated, oh, I want to win. I want to win. And if if I'm them, the free agency class, to me, is basically not existent for them. Who's going to want to come to Washington? Who's going to want to play? So so then, then they have to resort to... Giving up sign and trade for Colin Sexton. They're gonna have to resort to that. You know, I mean they got Ish Smith and uh Neto off the bench. My thing is you wanna upgrade those two, right? So Colin Sexton would be like probably the number one option for them and probably their number one trade target they're looking at. And off that we could probably easily get a Kuzma or like a KCP or something like that, you know? Um or we can just extend Colin Sexton. So e- either way it's a win win. It's not like he's unrestricted, so you can just Walk out the door, you know. Ten, and I'll say I, this, I and, and, I'll, I'll, and I'll say this: even if I'm giving them twenty, twenty-one million a year, okay, fine. And him getting eighteen, twenty-two points a game, great. Don't matter whether he's coming; he's a sixth man or a starter. If I'm getting eighteen to twenty-two, who cares where it's coming from? We're winning basketball games. At the end of the day, that's what it's supposed to be all about. And I'll leave you with this. My man, Manu Ginobili, made himself a bag as a six-man. So let's not forget that. That was the point I was going to bring up. Because as soon as you left uh, Chill Space earlier, Frog came right in saying that, bro. And it was so funny. I was like, bro, Brian been saying this for weeks. He been saying the same thing. So, you know, um, that's a – you know – Playing players to their strengths should be the priority. Frog um, heard me say that, D. <laughs> I know he did. I know he did. You know what I'm saying? You know. But, uh, but uh, you know, playing players to their strengths should be a priority. 
and their strength should contribute to whatever the winning concept or strategy is of the overall team style. And right now, with what the Cavs have, you know, me personally, I don't see a reason for them to make a move. Unless that move involves Chetty and uh, Love. Um, but even still, because as much as I've been saying, I want Love off the team, all right? The ideal of, and, and this is contingent on if marketing coming off the bench, right? The idea of having, whether it's, um, uh, you know, Karis and Ocha or Sexton and Ocha or, you know, Karis and, and Karis and Sexton, or, you know, if it's uh, Sexton in the court, however the case goes, right? Having marketing and love as your big man, yeah, you probably going to give up on the rebounding. But the floor spacing is going to be so crazy. There's literally going to be nobody in the paint to stop these guys from penetrating. So it's like, you really coming in and you can play, you can play a team any which way you want to. You know what I'm saying? And the Cavs have it. I mean, when have we ever seen a Cavalier team with this much versatility in a lineup? You know what I'm saying? Like, when have we ever seen a Cavaliers team with this much continuity where all the players actually like each other, where they get along, where they kick it? You know, like, we are in a new era of Cleveland, and winning is a priority. And what and, – and I got to get – listen, as much as people hate LeBron and do all that, man, I got to appreciate what he came back and did because he came back and set a standard that Cleveland should be a championship contending team. You know what I'm saying? And he did it for four consecutive seasons. So when Colin got here, and this is another reason why I'd be mad about people trying to get rid of Colin, Colin was the first pick of the rebuild. He played his first season around all those guys who had been to three, four, two straight championship finals. All right? He wants that. He wants that. You know what I'm saying? And in my opinion, he is the untouted leader of this team. If you hear how the rest of these players talk when they doing their interviews, they always give big ups to Colin. Colin, we got together. Colin was there. We went to this. Colin was like, so when you got a guy who is ultimately could be considered the heartbeat of the team uh, in so many respects. Man, you're going to have hell to pay on your hands if you get rid of him for no reason. Well, and it's been reported that him and Garland are almost inseparable. They've been doing everything together. Bro, they – listen, I've said this, okay? And you've heard me say this, Brian. Say it again, bro. That starting lineup could give me 50 and 20 every night or close to it, all right? Name me another backcourt that's doing that. You know what I mean? So that alone puts you in the game. Some teams sometimes only score 70 or 80 points in the game. And I can get 50 from two players. Well, right? and, that, and, that, and that, that, that leads me to my point, D. What second-tier lineup is going to deal with a Sexton and a Love? And, I mean, if Ochai comes in and does this thing, what second-tier lineup is going to do that? None. No, that lineup, no, that lineup fire because – when you when you dissect that lineup, right, and you say, I got Colin as my point off the bench, I got Ochai next to him and a coral playing the three. First 
off, and I'm gonna keep saying this, man. Sexton is six one with a six nine wingspan. Okay, very athletic at 22 years old, bro. He can get better at defense as years goes on, and he's already pretty good at it for real. And he getting bigger and thicker and stronger. You know what I'm saying? So that should help him out too. But then you got Ocha and Okoro who are both athletic, can play above the rim, can run the floor, one can shoot, one can at least finish at the rim at, at, a, at, a, at a high level along go with Saxton. And then you got Love, the sharpshooter, who, I mean, it's going to be so easy to forget that Love is out there on the floor. You know what I'm saying? That lineup will only need a, a, a true rebounder and rim protector, all right? And this is where I like job. This is, this is where it's almost like y'all – it's almost like the universe gave us a second chance. Like, okay, we you got the first job, and that didn't really, really pan out. But I got a better job for you right here. Let's see what you can do with this. You know what I mean? And I, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play, and I'm looking forward to the battle between Isaiah Mobley and Dean Wade. Um. And, you know, and I say them, too, because they just signed Dean Wade to um, – they just exercised that option right before the draft. So that means it tells me that they were on the fence about him. Not necessarily does he fit, but just how big of a role he's going to have. So if Dean Wade is looking for a bigger role than we're ready to give him, then at least we have an Isaiah Mobile to fall back on. You know, the only I mean, thing Isaiah, you know, yeah, the only thing Isaiah's got to work on is he's got to use his other hand. He's pretty much right-handed dominant. Um, he's he's got to learn to use that left a little bit more. But if he does, yeah, he could be he could be hell. He could be hell, and he could shoot the lights out of the ball. He can shoot, man. That was that the thing that shoot. stood out. He can shoot. Oh, he can shoot, boy. I was like, like, hey, man, listen, Dean Wade in trouble, bro. Dean Wade in trouble, and Isaiah Mobley can play D. Now, I, I don't, I don't think he's in trouble for this season coming up. Um, but in the future, yeah, I could probably see that, I and mean, he could, we could probably end up parting ways with him at some point. But for this particular year coming up, though, he'll he'll be a key piece. Well, we well, because I don't, I really don't think the for real, I really don't think the Cavs are like going to rush either Isaiah or John. I really don't think they're going to do that. Um, I think they like what they got, definitely like what they got. Um, and I think they know it could be that year or two um, progress that these kids are going to need to get to where we would like them to be. There's no question about that. But I try to focus on the upcoming year only. I don't try to look too far ahead. Um, so I think Dean Wade this year will be a key piece for them. I, whoo, we gonna go back to coaching and all this, man. It just depends on what everybody's defined role is. Um, um, I like, like I said, I like Dean Wade. Um, you know, he he's he's deceptively athletic. Um, he has a respectable uh, long range jump. Um, he has respectable defense uh, for guys that's his around his size. You know, he doesn't have, like, a standout trait. Um, 
So, but I think Dean Wade could just price out of his value for us. You know, I think it's a team out there that would like, you know, Dean Wade, I got like 15, 20 million for you. You know, I got about five, five, six, you know, five, eight million a year for you. Oh, yeah, eventually I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think the same thing for Lamar Stevens, too. Um, you know, Lamar has a better offensive game than he's been given credit for. And I think what he lacks is ball handling. Um, if he was a better ball handler, um, I think he would he would be a, a guaranteed rotational guy for any playoff team. Um, I think he likes playing in Cleveland. Like I like Dean, I think Dean Wade likes playing in Cleveland. But I do think those are two guys who will kind of price out. And I think that's a good thing because that to me, moves like that solidify that we have a good developmental program going on here in Cleveland because these two guys went undrafted and they go from undrafted to key rotation market guys after a few seasons. I think that that Yeah, well, if you look at Lamar, he got noticeably better from October last year to the end of the season. He got noticeably noticeably better. So, and that's, you know, in small steps throughout one year. So who knows what kind of jump he can make the following year. No, that's real. So let me ask y'all this. Um, because, so, hold on, let me let me telegraph, all right? D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, live from uh, Twitter Spaces. Um, you know, we're streaming on all social platforms. So right now you can catch us on Twitter, Twitch, I mean, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, later on after, you know, after we end it, you can uh, replay it and catch it on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and various other streaming platforms. Um, but let me ask you, what is a realistic projected numbers for Ocha? So let's say Ocha plays, let's say Ocha starts and he gets 27 minutes a game. Say around, let's say average about 27 minutes a game. What do you think his production would be? Or if he's coming off the bench and he's getting 18, 15, 18 minutes a game, what do you all think his production could be? Well, I don't think he's going to start. I think he's going to come off the bench. And if you can get 12 to 15 a night or even 10 to 14 a night out of him, I think it's a home run in his first year. We going around the hall. Chill, what you got, bro? I think, um, if you just put him in a Coros role, I think he does well. Like to me, those three or four missed shots that a Coro does, he'll make up for it. Twelve like, to fifteen. Yeah, yeah, twelve to fifteen points a night. I think he can out the gate. To be honest with you. The only reason why I say 12 to 15, I'm not cut you off, chill. I want you to finish. Yeah. The only reason why I say that is because that dude can shoot the three. Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, we shoot forty-one percent from three. I think, I believe. Uh, to me, I think that'll still translate. I mean, I mean, your shooting stroke doesn't change, man. Uh, so I think, to me, he can easily fit in the Coro's role, and then the Coro can have a lesser role, a little bit. I think below him a little bit. To me, I mean, I seen him stop and pop on a fast break, and he's shooting NBA threes. He wasn't shooting college threes. So, yeah, I think 12 to 15 is a good number for him. Off the bench, I'll take that all day long. That's better than some starters. 
How how many minutes would he play? Do you think? That depends on multiple different things. Matchups, number one. Um, flow of the game, number two. If he's like, hot or not, number three. But just just for for numbers, like you know, if we're trying to see like what kind of numbers he would do, if you said his average number of minutes per game would be what? In the beginning, I'd say eighteen to twenty-two. Probably increased to somewhere around 25. And then, you know, towards the middle part of the season when he got his, you know, when he got comfortable, I'd say that'd be a fair number. How you think, what, you, go ahead. No, go for it. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just like, what do you think his, like, Ochai for his, like, what would be his, uh, the metric that would be the thing that you could tell that he his success rate would it be his three point percentage what would it be his points per game his minutes per game his um you know his defensive rating his net rating like which one do you think would be most important for his development so you could look at that one stat and be like this dude is killing it right now two things for me um his three point percentage cuz in college i think he was at six shots a game Six three-pointers a game. Chill if I'm wrong. Please correct me. But I think it was six shots a game from three, and he was putting up you know, 41, almost 42%. And the other part of it that I'm looking for is transition. Transitional points and transitional defense. That's what – those are the two things that I would be looking for out of him. Um, I, you know, I was going to say his role. You know, to me, man, a defined role has so much impact on a player's growth, all right? Because if I'm not sure how my skill set is supposed to help the team win, then I, I think it's just hard for a player to really just work on their game per se. Now, I mean, not saying that they can't work on their game and they can't get better. I'm not saying that or insinuating that at all. What I am saying, though, is when they know, like, okay, I'm here for three and D. Then I, I'm saying, if I know I'm here as just a scorer off the dribble, you know what I'm saying? Then I know I got time to work on my defense, especially if I got, you know, the intangible traits that, that can translate to me being a good defender. Uh, so, but his role because of his skill set, uh, but would be my answer. Three and D guy, athletic. That's exactly what we need on this team. He, he would get a lot of good open shots. He wouldn't just get open. He would get, I mean, do you remember the shots Okoro was getting wide open? Okay. Well, that's because our big men, in my opinion, the best passing big men in the NBA, which is going to create those open shots on the arc. You're right. Also, there are people leaving him alone out there. Like he was, he was honestly a non-factor on offense, and they were leaving him unguarded for a reason. They're not going to leave Ocho. You know what I'm saying? And if they do, he's going to make them pay. Because I feel like yes, sir. if you start Ocho, he can kind of be forgotten by the opposing defense. You know what I'm saying? Having to deal with a Sexton and a Garland and then still having to put up with uh, Allen and Mobley. And then they like, oh, you got that? Ocho, shoot it. Bruh. Ain't like Brian keeps saying, he shoots with so much conviction and so much confidence. I mean, he virtually shoots it, and he shot it in college the way we wanted Lori Martin to shoot it for us. 
you know, so I, you know, I think not only is he a good fit, um, I just feel like that role, man, that role got to matter because I say it like this. If Ocha and Okoro played that three spot, I don't think that's a bad rotation either. In the beginning, I see him as a pick and pop player, okay, um, because of his shooting ability. And then on the other side of it, if he's on like the weak side, like um, somebody said that, you know, they're not going to leave him alone like they left Okoro alone. Well, okay, if you're going to do that, then you're taking somebody away from defending Mobley or Allen underneath. And that could be a problem. So it's almost going to be like the Browns, right, with Deshaun. you got to pick your poison. You're going to defend the pass or you're going to defend the run. What are you going to do? Because you're not defending everything. So, I mean, that's what I look for him. I look for him this year. Um, hopefully, as his years go on, he'll work on – which I think he can do because this notion of him not being able to put the ball on the floor. I don't know, man. I watched about 20 minutes worth of clips on this kid. I've seen him put the ball on the court. You know, his, I mean, his handle is bad though. His, his handle is super loose. His handle may be bad, but I've seen him put the ball on the floor and get to the hole. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. For wait. right now, that's good enough. Now he could work on his handle, but then again, you have, I don't know that we need him to be a, a, a handling type point guard either. I was just about to say, when we talk about handles, man, it's so many levels, all right? Now, when you're a scorer, right, you don't always got to have the exceptional handles, but do you have enough candles to create yourself a shot off the dribble, which I think he does have. He got a jab step, a, a triple threat. Um, he got a, you know, off the pick. Uh, bounce that he could do, you know, couple dribbles, getting to the lane. I think it's serviceable enough, um, and I think he can get better because, bro, when you when you practice with guys that's got handles, bro, and your handle don't get better, man, that's a problem. Chill. To me, right, Jalen Brown doesn't have the best handles, but he can still get to any spot on the floor, right? So, also, he said in an interview that one of his best um, – one of his best, um, really, skills was when he's off the ball and he's able to cut and uh, go curl outs and all the other type of stuff. Also, he considered himself a lob threat. That's another thing. You can throw a lob to him easy. His vertical is crazy. So yeah, I saw a lot of backdoor cuts, alley oop dunks in his that twenty minutes like, I watched of him too. He went high. That boy can jump out the gym. So. To me, we can use that to our advantage, right? I, I remember last year where our offense would go stagnant. No one would be cutting. No one would be going backdoor, especially after Rubio went down. Um, so no one would be cutting. No one would go backdoor and so on and so forth. And you can easily – I can easily see him going baseline and cutting across and then getting the alley or getting a, a handoff and then dunking the ball. Like, that's not the question either. Andrew. So uh, do you guys subscribe to The Athletic? I am I not don't. a fan of those guys. I fucking hate those guys. Dude, I mean, I got them. There's no way I'd ever pay full price for that. But I got uh, $1.99 per month for a year. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. Sounds good. They have a really good, um, like a full scouting report on Ochai. And how far off was I? <laughs> Come on, tell me. How far off was I? I should be paying you, man. I'm paying you. Get on that payroll. 
Get it. No, for real. I only watched 20 minutes, 20 minutes of clips on this kid. <laughs> I, I really want to know how far off I am from the athletics report. All right. So, I'll, so, um, it said they're so they they said that um pretty much they said that Ochai like the good things about him is that he is an amazing uh shooter he's a great um like he's an amazing catch and shoot all of his shooting metrics um they're easily translatable to the NBA like that's exactly what they're gonna get he's an amazing uh, athlete he is a great cutter um, definitely it takes you know, uh, can is great lob threat, can go to the hoop. Um, he's a great defender, um, way above average athlete. Um, he could probably guard the one of the two. The biggest weaknesses for him is that uh, if it's not a, if he does put the ball on the floor, then the um, was it the uh, his shooting percentages go down uh, a lot and. He doesn't have any mid-range game. His floater game is absolutely horrible. He's not a very good passer. And so that is going to be the big thing that's going to help take him to the next level. And his handle is bad, too. He loses a lot of um, he loses a lot of balls. He turns all the ball over a lot. So the first thing that's going to happen is that they're wondering, okay, if they, if they guard Ochai close, and they either like may, they make him move around, they make him a less effective shooter, and then B, if he has to put the ball on the floor, his handle is shaky, and he has no mid-range game. And so if you get him close to the hoop, then yeah, he can finish, but that's the big thing. Like He's a great three-point shooter, and he's great around the basket, but everywhere else, it's a big question mark. And it's just going to see... You know, where he can go depends upon what his ceiling is going to be. Can he get the handle under control? Can he create a shot for himself? And if so, that's going to be step one. Step two would be get his passing under under control, right? If he has the ability to make the defense respect him and draw defenders towards him if he has gravity, then he can make those easy reads. Like he's starting to be a better passer, but he's still not, you know, he's not a playmaker style level. So that's, that's what they said that uh, – that's, that's what is going to depend upon him going to the next level and seeing if, you know, if he can be that next level guy that the Cavs need to get to that Eastern Conference championship level. Well, the one thing that makes me feel good about all those flaws that he has is every year from his freshman year to his senior year, he improved upon something. Okay. And in college, you got multiple things going on in your life, not just basketball. Now he's going to be able to focus in just on basketball. So for me, all I would like to see him improve on is probably three things for for him to be a legitimate two. Now we're talking. We're not talking one. We're talking two. A legitimate two would be the mid range, like you said, the 18, 15 footer which he has the touch to do because what I mean by that is when you look at a guy shoot a basketball, you look for two things, rotation, off his hand, release, basically that's all in one for me, and how the ball comes off the rim. Even from three, right, the ball comes off the rim when he even misses, soft, nice. So he's got great touch. 
With that being said, he should be able, if he works on it hard enough, he locks himself in the gym, he should be able to develop that with literally no problem. And his free throw percentage. He needs to stick, stick his butt on the line and shoot about 1,000 free throws a day too. But those are things that he can, he, he has the ability to do. And the reason why I think that is because there was a story on him. He was thinking about coming out after his, I think it was his sophomore or his junior year. And they told him, no, your shooting's not good enough. He says, okay. So he came out in senior year and shot 41-42% because the NBA game is now morphed into the three. All right. So now take this year and develop that mid-range. By the time the kid's 25, he's what, 22 now? If we can get him to that point by the time he's 25, he'll make that 14th pick look like it should have been the number one overall. Would you agree with that assessment? He definitely going to make it more valuable than what it seemed like on the surface. Um, you know, I got – I'm uh, so I'm going to say this by saying – we coming around to the end of this. I'm gonna be, you know, coming down to the final thoughts and everything like that. Um, but uh this team, man, has me excited. Um, and the addition of Ocha has added fuel to that. Um, because I felt like, you know, he added something that we needed to this team. Um, desperately you know and he is he seems like a team player everybody that we drafted seems like a team player and i like that you know what the i'm I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that that struck me today i heard kobe on the on the radio talking about him and he talked about his family he talked about his father he talked about his sister so they they know all about this kid Right. And, and the one thing that he said um, that, again, remember, I was telling you guys before in other spaces how they're being extremely careful of who they bring into that locker room. Uh-huh. He's a team guy and he's a great human being. So the, 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 the Cavs are doing their 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 homework on the mentalities and the makeups of the, the players that they're bringing in, because I think they struck gold without even knowing it. kind of like sort of. I don't know if you guys ever remember the show, The Beverly Hillbillies. I do. Dude was out there shooting for some food, yeah. and he struck gold. <laughs> Texas team, right? I, I, I think the Cavs, I think, they, I think that's what they ran across last year unexpectedly, and they, they cherished what they got, you know, from the management, from upper management all the way down to the coaching staff. And that's another reason why I don't feel, you know, any certain way. In fact, I feel good about it the whole Luke Walton thing coming in um, because they're extremely calculated on, you know, what they want to do because they know they got something special and they're not going to screw it up. So that's my take. I'm a, um, so I want to go around and get um, everybody's final thoughts. Um, you know, most likely, man, the space is probably going to start up uh, sometime later with one of us. Um, I might even come back and do another show um, in a couple hours. Um, but I want to get um, go around the horn to all the speakers and uh, and get everybody's final thoughts. So I'm gonna start from Andrew, go to Tim, come to Connor, and then swing it on back around uh, to me at the uh, chill and Brian. Um. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, just wanted to 
First of all, thank you guys for the space. I really appreciate it. Um, I've been a part of some other spaces where everybody's just talking all over each other and, and cursing each other and shouting. It's, it's a horrible experience, but you guys are always so nice and so respectful and everybody, you know, talks their turn and it's a great atmosphere. So I really appreciate it. Final thoughts. Um, I was at least a little bummed when they got Ochai, but think after thinking about it and thinking about uh, who was available there at the time, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I'm really excited to see this team and I'm really excited to see how everybody comes together. And I think this is like, we're halfway to the finished product. So I'm really excited to see uh, how far this team can go. And I think we can host the playoff series if we're going. So thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Always, anytime, my guy. You welcome. Anytime you see us on the spaces, whether it's this one or any one of us, bro, you share some really good thoughts. Uh, you have some really positive feedback, and you articulate it exceptionally well. So it was a pleasure to meet you and to have you on here, for sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, shoot, shoot us all a follow because I run spaces usually in the morning sometimes. Every now and then I'll do one at night. Um, but yeah, you're more than welcome to jump into any of it. Always, always glad to listen to insight and different opinions. Don't necessarily always have to agree, but we could always agree to disagree sometimes. But at least we're hearing each other and we're understanding each other. And that's the way the world works, in my opinion. So thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Tim, what's good, baby? Hey, I just wanted to kind of add on to what everybody's been saying and just add a little bit of a, a whole a holistic approach and look at it. You know, uh, we talk about luck and how we lucked out that Ochai was available there at 14. Well, part of luck is circumstance and putting yourself in a position to have that luck. And for us, yeah, we didn't get to play in the playoffs, but because we didn't, we had the opportunity to pick up a guy that's going to be a diamond piece for us down the road. And this year, uh, we're not looking at somebody looking for somebody to develop now and use his strengths while he's developing the things that he needs to work on and take us over the hump and get us at least in the playoffs and see how far we can go from there. And uh, I love LeBron, but I don't love him enough to bring him back. That's all I got. My man, Tim, man. I like, like I say, you can catch him a part of the uh, OGs of uh, Ohio. Uh, him, Brian, Art, and uh, it's a few more. Uh, so I don't mean no disrespect if I ain't say your name. Um, but uh, definitely make sure y'all follow him, check him out. And also, when you hear the rants uh, going on the radio shows and, and to uh, who is that that run Cleveland Sports now that they do the little streaming, uh, you will hear God and light on there giving this feedback and things. So definitely check my guy out, man. Really entertaining and very knowledgeable. Um, Connor, what's good with you, baby? Oh, what's up, dude? How you doing, brother? I'm good, my guy. How you feeling? Been listening this whole time. I haven't really spoken or chimed in, but I'm at work right now. So just, you know, listening, of course. And um, But, yeah, good space. I was able to tune into everything. Um, but, you know, I like the draft pick. Uh, I think the board felt pretty nicely. They had so many options there. They could have took a dude from OSU. They could have took uh, Griffin. They could have took... Uh, you know, a couple other guys. You know, they had so many options there. They could honestly trade back 
And maybe we got, uh, what, Malachi went 20th, right? He was, like, projected top 12, top 15 at least. He dropped down. So, yeah, the board definitely felt pretty nice for him. Um, that Mobley pick, uh, pretty good pick. The other two picks, those seem like to be kind of like a, um, those are going to be more of a process. Got to let those guys develop, I guess. We'll see if we ever, we ever see them in a Cavs jersey. But um, other than that, you know, I know uh, you guys talked about Wendy, talking about LeBron coming back. I know some people are kind of against it. Um, but to me, LeBron's, you know, the greatest of all time, easily. Um, and, you know, the greatest player of all time, who also still put up 30 points last year and shot – still fairly uh, efficient. Uh, it's not like his numbers were bad or anything. People are like, oh, he's still, he's old now. Whatever, you know, he threw up, you know, 30 points last per game. How do you, he's still efficient, you know, he's still averaging, what, eight and six probably. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but the dude's still balling. He's the best of all time. Um, there's no debate to that in my opinion. Um, best all around player. Um, but if he wants to come back, I'm not going to trade away pieces, but if he's a free agent in 2023, um, you know, I'm going to bring him in. I might not, depends on the money, uh, but it's going to be interesting in offseason next year. That's for sure. Appreciate it, Anytime, Connor, man. Make sure y'all follow Connor too, man. He always coming through the spaces when he can. Usually he has some really good input. And he's funny too, man. You know, he's being my <laughs> man right now because he at work, but he usually you know cracks a lot of jokes. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, have fun. More of a Browns guy than a Cavs guy, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I still watch the Cavs. But I appreciate you. Man, anytime, bro. You already know you're going to I got, I got 15 brother. minutes. I got 15 minutes, and I'm off. It's the weekend. Oh, Steve. You know what? You know what? I, I see you down there, baby. I know you just got finished getting your hair trimmed up and everything like that. You feel what I'm saying? So you I know, know you're going to throw in a couple pieces right quick. Come on, jump in here yeah, for, uh, for the co-host. Go ahead and end it off. Hey, I appreciate the uh, you letting me speak in your space. I was able to listen earlier when Hiram was on. So I appreciate you, man. And I like what you got going on. But <coughs> I just wanted to say uh, no to LeBron. I love LeBron. I just want to know as a fan that we can do it without him. That's number one. And number two, and number two, um, number two, I'm, I, I just think uh, us being able to talk uh, uh, talk about the Cavs and the NBA is a breath of fresh air. We've been beating the hell out of the Browns. Um, I'm glad that we're able to really this week, other than the whole situation with the uh, settling of the cases. We kind of been off the Browns, which has been a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, D, keep doing your thing, man. And, you know, uh, anything I can do to help support you, let me know, homie. Oh, real real quick, don't forget, um, <coughs> excuse me, the OGs of Cleveland sports is myself, it's Guiding Light, and it's BG you see up there. Uh, we just try to have respectful uh, content where we talk about old – Cleveland sports as well as new Cleveland sports. So we just build them. We appreciate any support that y'all can give us. Like y'all see we have in the space, just share it with your people and we'll do the same for you guys. So we appreciate and love you, D. Thanks, man. Love you too, bro. It's always a pleasure to have you on here, man. And the OGs, man. Cause look, I'm kind of in the middle. 
You know, I ain't, I ain't they OG status yet, but I ain't the young whippersnapper no more. You know, I'm kind of like, I guess I'm like a puma or something, maybe like a, a mountain lion a little bit. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, stay uh, where you are because you'll be doing like me, physical therapy on knees and everything else like that. <laughs> man, that's that brisket, man. It's that brisket you be brewing, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, way heavy on the body. You know what I'm saying? Uh, chill, baby. Where you at, baby? Terry, let me hear from you. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so my final thoughts, man. I'm really excited for the season. Um, I'll be very interested to see what we do in free agency. Hopefully, Rubio comes back because, I mean, it seems like, you know, we have mutual interest in him. Um, also, uh, follow uh, follow me and Caden. Um, we do – we do Brown uh, – Cavs After Dark. Um, so, uh, we have that every – Tuesday and Saturday, um, you know, um, we'll be on uh, next Tuesday. We're taking a break on Saturday. But, yeah, um, uh, come and follow us, man. Good good content, um, and everyone's welcome. So, so yeah, uh, appreciate you, D. Appreciate it. Man, anytime, man, make sure you all follow Chill. And for those who viewing this from the other uh, social platforms, all these spaces you can find on Twitter. So make sure you follow Brian, God and Light, uh, OGRT, Chill One, Connor, Andrew, you know what I mean? Industry Sports, D Trent, you know what I'm saying? It's all on Twitter, but you can find a lot of us on multiple social platforms, you know, as I've been saying. Uh, Brian, what's good with you, baby? Well, I must admit, because of the unknown with the Browns, I'm Probably pretty much more excited for the Cavs coming up this year, but I got some theories that might happen with the Browns, and I'll cover that a little bit later. Um, but no, as always, come on, oh, I got some theories. Not I don't like I'm still investigating, but uh, no. As I'm always, you know, I'm you. <laughs> as always, I'll leave you all with this: love your families, love each, love your children, and love each other. It's truly the only way we're going to change the world. Uh, that's a fact. Make sure y'all follow my uh, follow my boy BG, Matt Brian. Um, you know he's been a breath of fresh air, um, and, and that's not slight to nobody else. You, Brian is unique. Um, you know to be an older an elder statesman, I would say um, the way he is able to maintain his composure and articulate his thoughts and really kind of keep the room calm. I mean, I've seen chaotic rooms he's been in, and then he'll come in and speak, and it's just like everybody just kind of follows suit. And I would, I'd be lying if I say I didn't even follow that sometimes myself. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, just seeing how he operated, how he moved, helped me keep myself in check when I'm on these joints. Because you know, if y'all know, I get passionate. You know, I get a little chaotic a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's always a pleasure to be on these spaces, and it's been uh, an even more pleasure to get to know you, Brian, for sure, for sure. Uh, Thank you so much, Dia. You have I, I very much, very, very, very much appreciate that and humbled by that. Thank you. Anytime, my God. Connor, I seen you with your hand up. You wanted to say something else before I ended it off. Everything said about BG is most definitely uh, most definitely the truth. Um, I know BG one time <laughs> said uh, recently, he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize you know, so many people you know, liked me in regards to getting you know, messages from his uh, knee surgery. Um, definitely a very likable, respectable dude around here. One of the nice guys out there. Most certainly BG. I um, always remember that.
All right, you cats are making me blush now enough. Talk some shit about me. <laughs> it's cool, right. man. You, you still got that Joker limp hey, over there. You hey, hey, D, you did miss it one night. I, I believe, I believe Connor, I think he's the only one in this room right now that was in a space one night where I, I, I lost my head. Only once. <laughs> only, yeah. only did it once. It was about Baker, right? Yeah. I, I went on about a good five-minute rant, and my whole Navy tongue came back out that I used to have a long time ago. And, yeah, I, I've, I've, lost my, I've lost my shit one time. <laughs> and it was pretty entertaining. I got freaking tweets and DMs like, dude, you need to keep doing that. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not me. <laughs> that, that, that was just a moment that I had. So... <laughs> Man, I seen Icky just came in. Icky, what up, baby? I'm sorry that you came in at the end, bro. Um, but I want to say this, too, while you in here. Um, also, Caden, shout out to you, bro. I see you in here. I see you ain't come up, but I do see you in here, bro. Um, Blaze has been on the stream since I started the space. So I appreciate the fact him coming up here, listening, chiming in, supporting Mandy as well. It's been a pleasure having you here as well, darling. I see you down there. You've been listening and chatting. That's that. I, I we appreciate all the support. Um, me myself, as a final thoughts. Uh, first, I want to say I don't always do spaces. I usually go live and stream live on the various platforms. So you know, it's usually on a Thursday or Friday because those are my off days. Um, I always usually just send the, the links and stuff. So everybody are always free to come in. You see the link. You want to come up, get up on the video stream, get your FaceTime on. You're always welcome to do that. You know what I'm saying? If you just follow me on um, if you just follow me on uh, Twitter, make sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, too. Industry sports. Y'all see that down there. That's the that's the that's the magic behind the mic and all the engineering. So definitely uh, hit him up, following. You can catch all the Game Changer Sports Talks on YouTube, on the Industry Sports page. That's on the Industry Sports page as well, on Spotify and Anchor. You'll see Game Changer Sports Talk. I got a few other podcasts I do when they're about music and, and do something about cooking. You know what I'm saying? But we'll get into that uh, on another time. Um, as far as the final thoughts on the sports. Man, I am incredibly happy for my Cavs. They not about to be talking about the Cavs the last to stop. Are they going for the lottery? Listen, the Cavs made them eat their words last year. Oh, they only going to win 19 games. Oh, they probably going to have a top three pick. And at one point in the time, we was the number one, number two team in the East. We was a top five team in the league. And we didn't even do nothing but add it to it. I am very uh, cautious with free agency coming up because, like I say, even though we're here now, you know, things could happen. Free NBA free agency gets crazy. I mean, we remember the DeAndre uh, uh, Jordan fiasco, the Paul George fiasco, excuse me. And, and other things like that, LeBron decision. So, you know, the NFL offseason was crazy. I don't expect the NBA offseason to be any, any less crazier, especially with all the possible movement going on. Um, and, you know, on the next space, we probably going to do, or the next cast, we probably do Browns. Um, nine times out of ten. Well, actually, probably going to do partial Browns because we're going to be right in the thick of the free agency period, or it might be the start of it. So, you know what we might do? Next Friday, I think, is when free agency start. Plus, you got we summer league coming. Yep, and we just going to do it like that. 
and just go live for the free agency. You know what I'm saying? So I welcome everybody to come through, you know what I'm saying, and come be a part of that experience. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, listen, if you if you need commercials done, somebody to speak, some promotion and stuff like that, man, hit me up. You know what I'm saying? As y'all see, man, I, I ain't shy about it. Plus, you know, I do know something about this. So if you need that, commercials, things like that, things red, man, feel free to hit me up, bro. I had no problem promoting that stuff on my platforms and none of that. Um, Connor, I see you. So I want to get your opinion real quick before we close out. It's about LeBron. Um, what was your, do you want him back here or not? Because there's either half of us, either, you know, we want to see the young guys, the young guys, uh, thrive. And that's, I think that's a little bit of a pride thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But then again, or do you, you know, like you said, you want to let your home talent grow. Well, we want to see how those young guys grow and everything. You know, nothing wrong with that. Or do, you, or if you bring in LeBron, say LeBron brings you a championship, would you rather have a championship or try to see if these young guys can do it and get some more pride with that? Well, to the to the latter to the latter half of that statement, um, I think I think we can do it without LeBron anyway, especially for the way this team is being built, um, the continuity, how the front office and coaching staff has moved. Every year, you know, we say every year Colony got better. and We didn't, um, you know, talked about how certain players didn't got better. But this front office and this coaching staff has gotten better every year as well. Whether it's been changing in, you know, um, assistant parts or, you know, just uh, figuring out how to move certain guys around. Uh, you know, it ain't been the greatest elevation in the world, but I feel like it's definitely done improved. Um, as far as LeBron coming back, I'll say this like I said at the beginning. If LeBron, you know, I would love nothing more than to see LeBron break the all-time points uh, record in a Cavs uniform. You know, just for how much of, you know, they talk down on us and all that craziness. To have to put that up with him in a Cavs uniform would just be so nice for me. At the same token, though, if I got a trade for LeBron, I don't want him. If he gonna come over here, you know what I'm saying. If he gonna come over here as a free agent, you know what I'm saying. And he ain't gonna try to hurt the salary cap and do none of that. I think he would be a great three to play amongst these guys. I, I think he really would. But at the same token, though, I don't need the drama and all that other extra stuff. And I don't want to play with the young guys. I want to play with older guys, bro. You can't gotta have go somewhere else. Can't have that. Yeah, you gotta go have that. It's got to be, he got to come here and he's got to realize, you know, this ain't his, this ain't his team. You know what I mean? He's got to realize he's coming in here and, you know, he's trying to just bring another championship to Cleveland, you know, and not try to, you know, recruit guys and all that. Because like you said, they do have that core that they can win with. I do think that if they bring in LeBron, that does make them a better team. But like you said, I don't want to trade anyone. I don't want to trade no one. And depending on the money and everything, you know, but um, most definitely, most definitely. All right, chill. I see you want to get in here right quick before we end it out. Yep. Um. So, so my last point is, LeBron has already dealt with, uh, you know, Luke Walton uh, before uh, the first year when he went to L.A. So, I, do you think LeBron wants to deal with that again? Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, time, only time will tell. Uh, we'll see. And a uh, great, great space we have here, man. So happy to be part of it. 
Thank you all, all for coming. It's been a pleasure. As I say, this is D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk on Industry Sports. We streaming live from Twitter Spaces. Make sure you follow us on all social platforms: Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, definitely follow the podcast on uh, Spotify and uh, Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and you're gonna find it on the Industry Sports Channel. All right, under Game Changer Sports Talk. It's been a pleasure. Y'all stay safe, stay dangerous, all right? You know what I'm saying? And stay together, man. It's always go Browns, go Cavs, and go Guards, all right? One love.